Good afternoon and welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer and on today's program uh, we welcome Jeff Peterson. He's with Heartland Farm Partners there in Lincoln. Well Jeff, first things first, let's talk a little bit about where we landed uh, with today's markets. Lower across the board it looks like uh, corn uh, down 12 or 13 cents. It looks like new crop soybeans were down 21 at the settlement. Kansas City wheat was down about 13 cents or so. Uh, Just thoughts first of all on on today's trade what what do you make uh, of the end of the session here in the in the lower close in the grains yeah we had that you know we did definitely pressure it on the close there we did still close a few cents off the lows but let's just kind of step back and just talk about kind of what's been unfolding here so we had the crop report that came out on on friday and you know that got kind of the yields and any potential surprises behind us and then the afternoon the acre numbers came out from or right i guess around noon from fsa and no real big surprises there you know prevent plant was a little bit lower than than it would have been last year but that everybody's pretty well got that dialed in i would say so then we roll into this week and we overall look and we think okay so what are the managed money or the trend following funds what are they doing well they're short corn and and they're short chicago wheat and they're long soybeans um and then we move forward and we get crop progress numbers that came out and crop progress numbers were you know were better and as a result of that you bring that all together and we started some selling as we started the morning trade and then we continued to pressure it and then starting first on corn we we had a, a really strong support level in that 481 area on december corn and keep in mind we closed at 475 and a half and you know, that'd been an area that we traded down to before, actually back on July 13th, it provided some support. But then we did break through that level and we did see additional selling because there would have been some stops that would have been laying underneath that level. And then the market traded all the way down to 473 and, and three quarters. And actually just to give you an idea, Chad, the last time we would have had a close back at uh, down at this level at the 475 and a half area in December corn would have been September 27th of 2021. So we have to go back in time. Now, yeah, we're at a critical level in here in these markets on December corn. Um, support level 475, we really need to hold that level. If we don't hold that level, then I'd say we open ourselves up for some more downside pressure. And that could take us back down the 460 area. So, you know, I know we've got hot weather ahead of us, you know, and some dry conditions. But overall, the general feeling, I think, among the marketplace is that not quite sure where the yields are at yet, but ultimately the rains we've had and the weather we're going to have this week before we get into these dry conditions probably is increasing the corn yield and increasing the bean yield, uh, not necessarily from the levels we're at, but from wherever the market determines that we're at. And then over on the bean side on November soybeans, you know, ended up uh, closing just a little bit over 13, 13.05 on the November. Uh, that $13 level is a very important level. We really need to hold that. If, if we don't hold that, then I think we open ourselves up for another leg down in that market. So that that's kind of what the markets are looking like overall right now, Chad. Okay, well, let's uh, kind of dig deeper into that. And and you mentioned the crop progress report that came out yesterday and and higher ratings for uh, for corn and soybeans. Uh, soybeans up 5% of the top two categories. Um, anything stand out from, from that particularly? Maybe something that surprises you, Jeff? Yeah, a few things. Uh, the Illinois numbers really do surprise me. You know, as you dig in and take a look at those, uh, starting on corn, you know, 64% uh, good to excellent. Uh, they... You know, they were up six, uh, six percent for the week on the good to excellent rating and on the beans are at 70 percent. 
that was actually up 12%. And they, they currently think that Illinois is, you know, is number one, uh, or soybean producing state in the nation. So as a result of that, uh, that when you have those type of condition improvements, the market starts to pay attention. And, and overall, I think the overall trend that we're seeing. So if you go back and look at it, uh, coming in on the corn at 59% good to excellent, you know, that, that was too higher than a week ago. That's actually too higher than a year ago. So all of a sudden before we were starting to say, well, how could we end up having the yield, you know, higher than last year where our conditions are at? Well, our condition is actually, you know, higher than it was last year. And, and, and the difference we have is that we actually put in our lower rating earlier this year. And then we've had some improvement in here. Last year, we continued to decline that rating. And as a matter of fact, by the time we got out towards the end of the season last year, you know, we were down to 52%. Good to excellent. And we're currently setting at 59% on the corn. And then moving over on the soybean side to 59%, good to excellent rating. As you mentioned, that's up five from a week ago. Um, as we compare to a year ago, though, that's only up about 1%. But I think the general feeling is as we go out there is that I, I think our node counts are good. I think our pod counts are, are good. I think we've had enough moisture in most areas to be able to, you know, have a good fill. But it's going to be important to watch the pro farmer numbers next week. You know, they're going to get started uh, and we'll hear our first results on, on Monday night next week. And that's going to be important because we'll actually get a, a wide scale view of what's out there and really be able to dig in and say, wait a minute, you know, are the pod counts there? And, and what about the years? How do the years look, Chad? All right. Um, it did get a little bit of news. We've been talking about how Crush is so supportive, especially for soybeans. But uh, National Oilseed Processors Association, uh, anything to report on those numbers? Yeah, there was a couple things. Uh, you know, came in at 173.3 million bushels for the month, which was above the trade guess of 171.3, so almost 2 million bushels higher. That is a new record for July and is up 1.8% compared to where it would have been a year ago. Now, what's interesting, so you had a higher amount of crush, but then we flip over the soil stocks soil stocks and came in at 1.527 billion pounds and actually the average guess was 1.687 so actually down on the soil stocks and that's actually a 10-month low on oil stocks down 9.3 percent compared to a year ago chad all right so higher crush lower stocks that means that product is definitely being used jeff peterson heartland farm partners in lincoln on today's fontanelle final bell stay tuned coming up we got a lot more things to talk about an update from south America, uh, how this all might impact our marketing plan. Stay tuned. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell is coming up next here on the Rural Radio Network. Summer is going fast and Husker Harvest Days is right around the corner. Please join us one final year in the Fontenelle Tent at the show September 12th through the 14th near Grand Island. There's plenty to talk about, including the merger into the new Channel Seed brand, our proven performance potential, and an expanded corn portfolio for 2024. So stop and see Fontenelle at Husker Harvest Days. The same local commitment with new possibilities. Always read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. KRVN. Welcome back to the final final bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Chad Moyer, joined once again by Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. Well, let's continue with our commodity conversation here. And uh, maybe before we talk about uh, uh, how this is all stacking up for our marketing plan, let's get an update from south of the equator. Um, uh, Safrina corn harvest. You know, we've been uh, kind of anticipating a big Safrina corn crop this year. How, how is harvest coming along in, in, in South America and in Brazil? 
You know, it's rolling along. It, uh, if you look at overall for Brazil, they're at 71% harvested as of last week. Now, it is a little slower than it would have been a year ago. 85% is where they would have been a year ago. And as we dig into that, uh, Mato Grosso, that would be the largest Safrina area in Brazil. And they're actually at 98.8%. So they're basically wrapped up. Now, overall, uh, yields are coming in good. Uh, actually, what yeah, I think helped us is that, you know, there was a lot of that crop that got planted late, uh, later than the window and later than usually you'd optimally like to see. But actually, the rainy season did hold on a little bit longer this year. And that was good for the crop and actually has caused, you know, USDA in the last crop report to, to raise overall the corn production in South America and brought it up uh, you know, a few metric tons, Chad. Okay, so I, I guess, uh, are we out of the weather market for South America? Or, you know, uh, what, what does the weather situation look like moving forward, at least to, to get the rest of that harvest taken care of? Yeah, so it's interesting. So I, it, everything appears right now to look like they'll have some good weather conditions. You know, the southern part of Brazil is getting probably a little bit more moisture than they'd like to see to get harvest done. But, Chad, we're actually just beginning the whole weather process really so let's just talk a little bit about where they're at so once they get finished up uh, with this this harvest on that safrina corn actually at any point in here when the farmers uh, feel is right they can go ahead and start that first you know corn crop their their main corn crop which will make up probably about 24 25 percent of their overall corn production now on their soybean side they've got to wait a little bit here yet if you look at uh, the uh, state of Paraná in Brazil, they can get started on September 11th. Now, the reason I can say that they get started is actually they have to have a, a period of time in there uh, dictated by basically the, the Brazilian government where they can't have any soybeans growing. So the state of Paraná and the farmers in that state can start planting soybeans on September 11th. And then actually all the other areas can get going uh around September 16th. Now, a few things that we're noticing, if we take a look at what's being said coming out of really the Brazilian National Weather Service, what they're actually saying, and this is something we're going to have to kind of think about, is that in the La Nina setup that we have, uh, and then we compare that to El Nino setup that we've got now, the El Nino setup gives us a little different weather conditions. And as a matter of fact, what it does is the southern part of Brazil and uh, El Nino setup and, and what it looks like with their forecast for August, September, and October would say that that area is going to be a little bit wetter than normal. Uh, once the wet season does start to kick in, but central Brazil actually will be a little bit drier than normal is what they're forecasting. Now, keep in mind, it's dry right now. So, and it's intended to be dry, but this looks like what would happen, what I just mentioned to you, a little bit wetter in the south. But what could happen, though, is that if the forecast comes in as they're predicting, that could mean that we have to wait a little longer to get planning started. And what that means on the bean side is if the beans go in a little later, probably won't hurt the bean yield. But if they go in too late, then all of a sudden what happens is we get around to the first part of the year, harvest gets pushed back, and then we get that safrina corn crop planted later. And then what happens there is if that goes in later, then that gets pushed into the dry season. As we get into, you know, next what would be equivalent of our summer into their winter, and then that can cause them some yield problems, Chad. So we're going to have to watch that closely going forward. All right. Now let's kind of tie this together and, and put it into, uh, you know, try and see how this would influence our marketing plan. Uh, something that we have in the market is carry, uh, you know, a higher 
higher price in some of the deferred months versus uh, what we're seeing at, at harvest time. Um, what do you think of the carry situation? Are, are we to a point where maybe there are some action items in our marketing plan? Yeah, no, that's that's a good question and something, you know, we haven't had a lot of carry in the market. And really what we're talking about is that dis- that difference between December futures and as you look out to March, May or July futures. And we're getting closer as we run our numbers. You can actually calculate how much the full carry is if you take your nearby price, which right now is 475. Take that times your prime rate plus one on the interest rate and then add in five cents a month on the storage. And what you'd come up with, you'd say your full carry between December and March would be about 22 cents a bushel. Now, we won't get out to that full carry amount, Chad, but I think it's reasonable to think we'll get out somewhere to the 14 and a half, 15, 15 and a half, 16 area. So what does that mean for actual items in your marketing plan? I'd be patient a little bit yet. I wouldn't be rolling your hedges or rolling your hedge to arrives out to March or to May or July yet. Just keep them in the December for the time being. All right. A lot of good things to think about. As always, good to talk to you. Thank you so much for being on the air with us today. Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners in Lincoln. And uh, just a reminder that uh, trading of commodity futures does involve substantial risk of loss, might not be suitable for all investors. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and your local Fontenelle dealer. Here on the Rural Radio Network, I'm Chad Moyer reporting.